As our environment suffers degradation on account of climate change and man's activities, the world is in a rush to save the planet and sustain the ecosystem. Lives and livelihoods are threatened as governments and institutions fight to reclaim our environment. Are we succeeding? Is there hope the environment will be green again? Health of Mother Earth Foundation, HOMEF, believes rights of Mother Earth must be safeguarded. Communities should be equipped to voice protest against oppression and pollution in their environment. And justice must prevail in engaging with the environment and nature cycles at policy, corporate and individual levels. Welcome to Health of Mother Earth Foundation's Environment Quarter Hour Broadcast, where we help you make sense of the conversation about the environment. Welcome to another fascinating episode of your favorite Environment Quarter Hour program. Today we'll be talking about the need to recognize communities that are taking real climate action. In 1992, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, held at Rio in Brazil, after more deliberations, divided the member states in two groups, Annex 1 and non-Annex 1 nations. The Annex 1 nations were composed of the industrialized nations of the North. These nations were chosen based on their economies in transition, while the non-Annex 1 were countries from the global South with developing economies. Later on, the Annex 2 was created, and the members of this group are nations which can provide financial and technical resources to enable the countries of the South undertake activities that would help them reduce emissions and adapt to climate change. Oilwatch, a network of organizations aimed at resisting and halting fossil fuel extractive activities globally, confirmed that for the countries in Annex 1 and 2, the drive of the capitalist development since the 19th century has been coal, oil, and gas. For this reason, the countries included in these annexes have done everything in their power to prevent specific and binding actions to reduce the consumption of these fossil fuels. Their possible reason is to ensure that they continue to pollute the atmosphere in order to maintain their high consumption lifestyles. After about 25 years of international negotiations, Global warming continues to worsen with no effective and real solution to stop it. In this scenario, one of the obstacles has been the direct influence that corporations linked to fossil fuels have had on the convention's decisions. At present, the corporate sector is among the promoters of false solutions that exacerbate the greenhouse effects, such as the carbon markets, agrofuels, reducing emissions from deforestation and forest degradation, also known as REEDD, geoengineering, are technologies such as carbon capture and storage, CCS, also used by all industry, among others. A version of carbon capture and storage that is being used by oil companies includes the reinvention of gas into oil wells to help pump out more oil. This method is not new and was a vision by Nigeria's Gas Reinjection Decree Act. The aim of that law was to end gas flaring. Nigeria's dangerous and wasteful gas flares are still on with a new distant deadline of 2030 before the minions may end. Rather than stop expanding their search for fossil fuels, oil companies are moving to so-called new frontiers, deep seas, and non-conventional deposits exploited using harmful technologies such as fracking. 
as if this were not enough, the limited vision of the United Nations focused on promoting negotiations between state parties has allowed northern industrialized countries not to comply with their climate obligations. And in an unfair and neo-colonial scenario, has transferred their responsibilities to the people and nations of the South. Yet it is precisely in the South that one encounters the majority of the nations as subnational regions and localities. But above all, indigenous peoples, peasants, fisher folk, and traditional communities that are making real efforts to protect the climate. It is these categories of people that are most affected by climate change. To worsen the situation, it is the initiatives that are being neglected and in many cases criminalized when they should be rewarded for their efforts at stopping extraction of fossil hydrocarbons. We can see that in practical terms, there are other factors in addition to states that are able and willing to accelerate the transformations required to protect the global climate. These actors must be recognized by the Framework Convention on Climate Change, precisely the indigenous peoples and nations, provinces, states, or subnational regions and localities that have taken firm steps against the extraction of hydrocarbons. We strongly support the call for the creation of an ex-zero group for these peoples and territories who are addressing the causes of the problem, the addiction to fossil fuels. This is Homer's Environment Quarter Hour. Stay tuned. Giving oil and other fossil fuels in the ground is the most direct and concrete way of achieving results related to climate, as well as to confront capitalism, the exploitation of human beings, and privatization of nature at the global level. Living fossils in the ground directly translates to the non-extraction and no release of more carbon and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. In the global south, some countries and communities are proving to be resilient in tackling the impacts of the extractive industries by keeping the oil in the soil and the coal in the hole where they belong. Amongst such nations and communities are Costa Rica and Belize an Ogoni community in Niger Delta region of Nigeria. France has also decided not to carry out any fossil fuel extraction in their country. This has not stopped their international oil companies from exploiting these resources in other countries, including in Nigeria. These nations and communities must be recognized and supported by governments and international institutions. Costa Rica is a nation known for its long-standing and stable democracy and for its highly educated workforce. Its economy, which was once heavily dependent on agriculture, has over the years diversified to include sectors such as finance, corporate services for foreign companies, pharmaceuticals, and ecotourism. Costa Rica has progressive environmental policies. In 2009, it was identified by the New Economics Foundation NEF, as the greenest country in the world. Costa Rica plans to become a carbon-neutral country by 2021. They believe in keeping the oil in the soil and the coal in their holes. In 2019, 
99.62% of the nation's electricity was generated from renewable sources such as wind and solar. Belize, on the other hand, has also been engaged in denouncing dependency on fossil fuels, as its economy is based majorly on natural resources from the forests. Up to 60% of Belize land surface is covered by forests, while some 20% of the country's land is used for agriculture and for human settlements. Belize is a leader in protecting biodiversity and natural resources. According to the World Database on Protected Areas, 37% of Belize land territory falls under some form of official protection, giving Belize one of the most extensive systems of terrestrial protected areas in the Americas. Thus, we are not surprised to see the country voting against extraction of crude oil in their offshore waters. As for the resistance communities, Ogoniganda River State, Nigeria, is one of them. In 1993, Shell Petroleum Company was driven out of Ogoniland as a result of massive pollution and neglect of the rights of the people. The Ogoni people have been very resilient and have resisted all forms of extractive activities in their land. And this led to the execution of the Ogoni Nine, including Ken Sarawiwa, a famous environmental activist and author. Sarawiwa was hung by the then military head of state, late General Sonia Bacha, on the 10th of November, 1995. Ogoni people are currently living in one of the most polluted environments on Earth, despite the fact that the United Nations Environmental Program, UNEP, investigation reports recommended that the environment should be cleaned up. Their water is extremely polluted in some areas, with benzene over 900 times above the WHO recommended standard. We reiterate the call for a return of nations to binding emissions reduction as determined by science instead of the current system where nations decide what is comfortable for them to do. The planet is everyone's home and it is on fire. We are having climate crisis and not simply climate change. It is time to support communities, territories, and nations who decide to keep their fossil resources in the ground. It is time for the creation of Annex Zero. As usual, we leave you with an African proverb. A bear that flies off the earth and lands on an ant's eel is still on the ground. We have come to the end of our Environment Quarter Hour program for today. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us this same time next week for another informative session. We invite you to send us your questions, comments, contributions, or stories about the environmental challenges or situation in your communities. We also invite you to join our incredible team of volunteers and eco-defenders. To be a volunteer for HOMEFT, Please send an email to volunteers at homeft.org. For more detail or feedback, 
please send us email at home at homef.org. You may also reach us by sending SMS to 090-27-001754. 090-27-001754. See you next time.